0: Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today.
1: And we're live. Hello. How are you?
0: Fantastic.
1: How are you doing? I'm great. Um, we had a little back and forth about one of America's greatest institutions, Costco Wholesale.
0: Oh, for the love of God. <laughs>
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, but I guess we didn't realize how close Costco was to us. It's still far enough that it's like a problem to go. Like it would be a long round trip. It would but be a journey. You're very excited about it. You're very pro Costco. I don't know how you're not. See, I feel like it's not always a better deal, you know? Well,
0: maybe not. It's just, right. it's an exciting fact to find it out is. that you're somewhere near a Costco. I guess so. We're adults now. <laughs> I get excited by grocery stores.
1: This is the sad truth. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, this is am so I, am I wrong? unrelated <laughs> yes. to
0: what we're doing and what we're going to talk about today. So for those of you who are new here, this is a listener's episode. And what we do on a listener's episode is we read emails that you, our lovely listeners, have sent to us, or Naughty's, if you will about your real life experiences or someone in your life and we're gonna talk about it we're gonna chit chat a little bit a little bit yeah
1: so let's get into it
0: sure i think i'm gonna start if that's all right with you that's okay okay so (laughs) story number one is from sarah hello sarah they said hello i'll start this off by saying that i love your podcast thanks queen thank you My name is Sarah, and in 2019, I traveled with my then-boyfriend, now-husband, to California to visit his declining grandfather. My dog, a large pit bull slash German shepherd slash husky mix named Padfoot, was also accompanying us. Padfoot. I also have pictures of Padfoot, so we can put them on on the Instagram. Put them on the gram. My boyfriend, Aaron, grew up in San Bernardino, which if you know anything about it, you know it's the home of Arrowhead Springwater and also home to so much drugs and crime. Fuck yeah, bro.
1: (laughs) I know, honestly, when she started out the story and she said declining, I thought she was going to say state.
0: Oh, well, no. (laughs) We were staying at a Motel 6 and it was our last night in town before we made the drive back to Colorado. After we finished visiting the Gramp, Aaron wanted to take me to the beach, the closest being Santa Monica Pier, which was a good couple hours drive away. So by the time we're driving back to our motel, it's dark out, and when we actually get there, it's around 10 p.m. We'd discover the previous days that at this particular motel, when the housekeeping comes through, it resets the locks on the room doors, so we would have to go to the front desk to have our key cards reset. This motel is also basically a big square building with two stories and the doors to the rooms on the outside. You have to go upstairs and then there is a railed walkway that goes around the entire building. So we get to our room and realize the cards need to be reset. Aaron decides to stay there with Padfoot while I go down to the front desk. It goes just fine and I get back to the stairs with the key card in hand. As I'm going up, a man is coming down. I'm in tiny shorts because we were just at the beach, and I have a really nice, literally award-winning tattoo that goes from my ankle up my left leg going past my hip. As this man and I get closer, he sees my leg and says, Nice tattoo. I smile and thank him because it is a nice fucking tattoo. But then, almost instantly, his face changes. He stops on the stairs, and now in a much darker voice says, Nice leg. This immediately freaks me the fuck out, and I speed up the stairs. Only this bitch turns around and starts following me. In my head, I'm thinking maybe he needs to go back to his room. Maybe he forgot something. But I can feel his eyes burning into my back, and every alarm bell in my head is going off. I go to the top of the stairs, and all I have to do is walk down the walkway just a few feet before I can turn the corner to the side of the building our room is on. I can feel how close he is to me, but I don't look back. I'm thinking about all the different ways he could grab me and how I could react, like I'm fully ready to throw this guy over the railing of the balcony walkway thing we're on. But then finally I turn the corner and I instantly spot Aaron looking like a lumberjack with our large mutt. Padfoot's eyes are on me like he knew I was about to turn the corner and I can see the way he becomes alert, his eyes staring past me and locked on the guy. I get to them quickly, and without saying anything, I use the key card to get into our room, spin around, and immediately do up all the locks on the door. There are several because this area truly sucks major swamp ass. <laughs> Finally, I relax slightly and I turn to look at Aaron. I'm obviously spooked and I say, did you see that creepy guy? I still think about his response to this day. He said, yeah, he was so close to you I thought he came up with you from the front desk to help with the door. I proceed to tell him what was going on, and it took some convincing to keep him in the room as he wanted to go out, find the guy, and kick his ass. This moment really messed with my head because I love to travel, and this had been the first moment during our whole trip where Aaron and I were away from each other. The only moment I'm alone and this bullshit happens." I feel lucky nothing actually happened, though, and that I had Padfoot and Aaron there to stare down this dude as he followed me. I hope at least when he saw them, he thought, shit, not today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love that ending. Um, this is funnily written. Funnily written. Funnily?
0: W- well written? It was funny. Oh, yes, it was funny.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: That's so yeah. creepy. Nice leg
1: yeah he
0: already said nice tattoo you got the point across
1: yeah nice honestly when she was describing like walking up in short shorts and she's like i have an award-winning and i thought she was gonna say like ass or (laughs) something i was like (laughs) that would have been good." oh okay like you're miss uh colorado or something i don't know (laughs) but yeah i mean you know nice tattoo i mean you know, that's fine. But as soon as he says nice leg. That's and so creepy. Like,
0: and the fact that he was going down the stairs and it then turns around. turned around to follow her up yeah. is so scary. And I know that feeling of like having eyes on you.
1: I know. And it's so hard because it's such an escalation. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not like you can really react yet. You know what I mean? Like if you turned around and kicked him in the face, that's like, Almost feels like an overreaction. Well, sure. But like, I mean, also, I get where she's coming from. You know what I mean? Like, you feel very, very threatened.
0: Yeah. No, you know? I, I get the whole, like, don't turn around and kick him in the face quite yet even though he's being a creep
1: but like as soon as you get to the top of the stairs that's like your best bet right sure he really is a creep
0: but also like the whole idea of fuck politeness i think can uh yeah
1: i mean she didn't respond be right? applied she
0: just... no she didn't respond and she, she just totally... kept walking forward which is great but even if you like if you feel like you need to run even if you think you're being silly run yeah. you know with that point, though, I do kind of understand the whole, like, okay, if I show that I'm scared, then maybe he'll actually, like, chase after me and pursue me and then, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, if
1: you're right there, if your boyfriend's right around the corner.
0: Yeah. No, I think she did everything correctly. It's just yeah. such a scary situation. What a creep. Um, But also, she did include pictures of Padfoot and her tattoo, which is fucking sweet. And yeah. it is actually award-winning. She said that the person who tattooed her, it, it took, like... I don't know like 24 hours or something crazy like that to finish the tattoo and really? it actually won like a, a really good award So it is a really cool tattoo. It's like actually yeah. a piece of art on her leg.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, really cool it.
0: Yeah, we'll post it on the Instagram. But anyway, that yeah. Was insane.
1: Yeah, it was insane. The other thing I was thinking is Why didn't she bring Padfoot with her? Like I feel that if you have a large man as a boyfriend you might like take the dog with you because or something, she you know? wasn't expecting i mean I, you're the, not thinking about yeah, it yeah the
0: only time yeah. she was alone during the entire thing she goes down to the front desk of her hotel to go get a card change she's not thinking yeah. okay i need protection she's thinking okay i'll be right back
1: you know exactly so yeah i'm not blaming her at all
0: no of course <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah i just feel like if padfoot was there uh, this fuck would have thought twice
0: definitely and he did oh he did <laughs> on to the next
1: All right, so I guess this is my turn to tell. This is from Firefly, because uh, that's what we're going to call them, because that's the name of the camp that they were working at. Okay, so this story might be a little long, but I wanted to include as much detail as possible because of how crazy this story is to me, but I promise it is one heck of a ride. Okay, so this story happened back when I was working at the summer camp when I was 14 and looking back on it now, female 21, I still have no explanation for this at all. So let's start with the first part. I was 14 and training to become a full-time camp counselor for the following summer, which is a nice way of saying child labor. Very true. (laughs) And I had daily duties that ran me ragged. I would get up at 7 to go and help in the kitchen to make food for 300 plus campers, hike a half mile to teach and help out at the archery range, go back to the main camp to help with lunch, go back to the archery range to teach late day lesson, and then go back to the main camp to help with dinner. It doesn't end there because after all of that, I would go to the surrounding campsites and help the campers get ready for bed and make sure all of them were in their cabins. This camp was on a giant piece of land, so everything was close to half a mile to a full mile away from the next campsite. So I was staying in one of the campsites on the edge of the property called Nogales. Nogales? 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 I don't know. I don't know. know. Whatever that is. Camp cabin. Camp cabin. And at three in the morning, I heard a knock on the door. This wasn't unusual because sometimes the younger campers who were about seven to nine years old would come to us if they had a bad dream, wanted to go to the bathroom because they were too scared to go alone, i.e. like other little kid stuff. Normally, I would be the one to go and help because I had a hard time sleeping, so I got up and, to my surprise, there was eight little girls on my doorstep. Still, I'm not entirely freaked out yet because we're in the middle of nowhere in Texas, so I immediately asked them where the scorpion was so I could move it out of their cabin. Sometimes if they left the door open, scorpions would crawl in. That's horrifying. Which is crazy. But all of them shake their heads and start talking at the same time. I was so sleep deprived that I genuinely couldn't understand a word that they were saying. So I told them to take me to their cabin and show me what was the problem. So there I am at three in the morning surrounded by a gaggle of young children and we're walking blindly in the dark towards their cabin. I forgot to grab a flashlight before I left because the cabins had light switches, so I assumed the problem would be inside. I quickly realized that to not be the case when I walked up to their cabin and almost stepped on a perfectly severed hawk's head. I immediately jump back and the girls start screaming and one starts crying. I'm trying to not lose my shit so they don't lose it anymore and I tell them to go back to my cabin and hang out with the other counselors. I sidestep the head and walk into their cabin and turn on the lights. This is where it gets even weirder. I notice that it's a clean cut and there is no blood. No trail, no splatter, no nothing. But I know it's real because ants are crawling all throughout it at this point. I look around but it's pitch black and then I get this weird feeling that I'm being watched. I look around again to see if I can see anything weird or out of the ordinary but the light from the cabin wasn't super strong, so I could only see about five feet out from where I was. I go to the girl's cabin and grab a broom, all the cabins had one, and I immediately swing it at the head and send it flying into the darkness. I haul ass back to tell all the other counselors what happened, and we all agreed to let the girls take our beds to go back to sleep, and we would stay up and deal with it in the morning. We take turns sleeping until around 7 a.m., and then we woke the girls up and asked them how they found it because, again, they should have been asleep at that point. One of the girls said that she woke up because she heard knocking on the door, and she said she assumed it was one of her friends from a cabin next door wanting to buddy up to go to the bathroom. So she grabbed her flashlight and opened the door, but looking around, she didn't see anyone. While she was moving her flashlight, it caught on something below, and that's when she looked down to find the head. The way my skin crawled when she told us this was horrifying. The camp was on private land, and you had to check in just to enter. We quickly told the girls that it was probably just an animal that did it, and not to worry. And they bought it because they're children, but for the rest of the week, I couldn't sleep at all. I ended up moving into their cabin because I was worried something like that would happen again, and I was freaked out by that thought. Nothing like that ever happened again, thankfully, but I still have no way to reason or justify what happened that night pertaining to the fact that it was clean cut, no blood, private property, and the fact that this little girl heard someone knocking, and the strange sense that I got that someone was watching me. The camp had a lot of crazy stuff happening all the time, and I may write back with other stuff that happened, but this was the one that actively keeps me up at night. Oh my god! Please write in, but that's so creepy that it's just perfectly severed. Did it? I mean, it must have looked like they used I don't know, like one of those circular saws. That yeah. Like, pssst, you know what I mean? Yes. Like it was surgery.
0: <laughs> I do know what you mean. You know what I mean? The the sound really helped me there. Um, but <laughs> no, this this story when I read it. Just sent straight up shivers down my spine because you want it to be paranormal, you know? You almost want it to be a ghost, but it's not because this is like a perfectly severed, drained animal carcass or just the head of an animal carcass. And there was knocking on the door. And again, you know the feeling of when you're being watched. And like, yeah, that could be like a ghosty feeling, but this is clearly not a ghost. Which is way scarier, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to explain this either. I mean, the only explanation
0: is that there's some creepy person in the woods who's trying to actively scare little girls and potentially do some real harm. That seems like a threat.
1: Yeah. It's so weird, though, because I don't know, like, what was the... Maybe they're just trying to scare them, but I felt like if they wanted to abduct someone, they could have easily done so.
0: Definitely. No doubt
1: but so that's like what's most unnerving to me
0: yeah it's just like a threat but also a warning i i don't know like
1: we don't know what it What is. are you
0: what's the point here god I, I don't know i've never
1: seen anything severed and drained
0: no definitely not
1: so i don't know how creepy that would be and there's ants on it
0: yeah it's just such a purposeful thing
1: yeah Ugh.
0: Yeah, so that really freaked me out. But definitely, Firefly, send more. Amen. And hate that for you. Yeah. We I hate this for actively you. Hate actively hate this for you. Um, also, I have been a camp counselor a couple times throughout my life, and uh just the thought of having to be the adult in that situation and like not freak out in front of seven to nine year olds, I'm very familiar with.
1: Yeah, I know. This is insane, her schedule. I'm like, this is a twelve or fourteen hour day, right?
0: Oh yeah. I mean Easily. you're never
1: you're never turned
0: off when you're a camp counselor. I'm like especially is... in a sleepaway camp counselor, forget about it. You're
1: always on the clock. How is that legal? I mean, you're of working age, but are you salaried? Like no. this seems like well, I'm just saying, like, are there not laws to be like, Oh, you have to pay overtime? Or do they just not count it as work? Is it just like nobody actually asks any questions? This just feels like a lawsuit waiting to happen. (laughs) Maybe. I'm willing to take this to the Supreme. Oh, for the Lord.
0: Have you ever been to a sleepaway camp? No. I have. And I mean, being a a counselor is bad enough, but have you ever seen a CIT, a counselor in training, that's essentially like a 13 to 14 year old who is not paid at all and they are like the bitch of all the counsel- counselors they have okay. to do
1: all the grunt work so that would be illegal for like a person over 18 yeah well so why is child like free it is literal child labor but like slave child labor because yeah, you're not well, paying them but are it's they're also camp. probably paying to be there are they paying to be there i
0: don't know um but we're getting far off the oh point but i'm like what are we
1: doing here <laughs> huh I think the real problem at hand here is the severed hawk's head. I mean, obviously that comes first. But also, can we get Fireflies some good cash?
0: <laughs> we, we hope. We, we would hope yeah, that. It's a
1: little too late, but yeah. whatever.
0: All right, on to the next. This story is from Caleb. My name is Caleb, he him, and I have a few stories I think would fit the podcast. The first one happened to my mom. Trigger warning for domestic abuse, talk of suicide, and attempted murder. My mom's second husband was a really good guy at first, but he got addicted to painkillers and alcohol and changed a lot in two years. My mom had a hard time with him, and he told her he would kill her and himself if she left. My dad killed himself when I was four, so he knew this would make her stay. My mom made a few mistakes and cheated on him once, when she was at the end of her rope and couldn't deal with his verbal and mental abuse anymore. I know this was a mistake and she shouldn't have done it, but she definitely didn't deserve what happened next. She finally left my stepdad and we went to stay with my aunt for a little while. He called her one evening and told her he was going to kill himself if she didn't come over. She was understandably worried, so she went to him. When she got there, he pulled a shotgun on her. She raced out the back door onto the deck and started running down the stairs. He shot her in the right hip, and she fell down the rest of the stairs, breaking her nose and severely wounding her knee. Being the badass she is, she got right back up and ran toward a neighbor's house, screaming for help. The first neighbor was home, but didn't answer the door. I would say maybe he was scared for himself and his kids, but he was a pretty scary guy himself and carried his own handgun around in a fanny pack.
1: Are you kidding me? He carried a gun in a fanny pack?
0: That's a lot. Uh, he once aimed it very close to me and my stepbrother because our dog got near his. They weren't even fighting, but the guy was a little crazy. After he didn't answer the door, my mom ran to another neighbor's house. My stepdad was still chasing after her at this point. When that neighbor answered the door, my stepdad went back to the house and slashed her tires so she couldn't get in her car. I'm not sure if he thought she could really drive away at this point, but he was not in his right mind and was probably not thinking clearly. The neighbor called the police, who then arrested my stepdad. My mom spent a long time in the hospital for the gunshot wound, and it was hell for her because she is allergic to a lot of pain medications and couldn't take much for pain. Oh my god. However, she did make a full recovery. When they went to court, she was framed as a bad person who cheated on her fine, upstanding white husband with a, with a Hispanic man. We're in the South, and they were in court in a very small town, so while the racism is horrible, it's not incredibly unexpected. They also said she was a witch because they found a book on Wicca that I think was mine, and some more out-there self-help books. Because of these two things, my stepdad only served three months in the local jail, My mom is doing well today and even jokes that she might set off metal detectors due to the buckshot they couldn't get out of her hip. But she has been through a lot in her life and she is the strongest person I have ever
1: met. Dude, it took every fiber of my being to not interrupt you? Yeah. What in the actual fuck just happened right here? Yeah, that is so so fucked up
0: on so many levels.
1: Okay, when you were talking about how her mom cheated... I was going to say that's, I don't even consider that bad at that point because he's already threatened to murder you and himself yeah. if you leave him. And if you're in a shitty relationship, at what point are you going to break? I mean, if yeah. you're being a shitty husband at some point, you know, somebody might come to that. Yeah. Anyway, potentially. I mean, so like, it's like, I straight
0: up abuse is like, you can't
1: really last in that kind of situation. You know, she just probably wanted somebody to treat her right. I anyway, don't blame her. So that to me is, I shouldn't even, you shouldn't even consider that or bring that into fucking court. So the fact that they're trying to frame her as a bad person. Okay, so you is cheating on your partner who's actively shitty, addicted, and abusive on par or excusing attempted murder?
0: No, these these are not equal things. But it's like the, the thing is that the prosecution is going to try to make her look... Or the defense, rather, is going to try to make her look as bad as possible. They, I mean, they they went so low as to be like, she's a witch. As if this is like Salem back in the day where they're I like I was about on to ask, the witch hunt. Like, What fucking year is this? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know exactly what year this happened, but definitely not when the witch trials were happening. Was like, it
1: after World War II?
0: Yeah, like her having a book on Wicca means nothing. Like, who cares? They're I like, know, she man. does magic. Oh,
1: God. Did they buy that? I mean, I'm like, who are these people on the jury? Well,
0: clearly they did because the stepdad only got a few months in the local jail. He didn't go to prison. He got three months in local jail.
1: Dude, that is mind blowing. I feel like you would get that much time if you just straight up didn't pay a fine or something. Right. For like a parking ticket.
0: Yeah. So attempted murder and like persistent abuse is equal to... Not paying a parking who ticket or something. Prosecuting yeah. this case. I mean, that's. I don't know.
1: Who was the judge? Who was the jury? I yeah, mean, we're this angry. Is, oh my god! Don't. Yeah.
0: Well, they actually. He has another story. So, do you want to? Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's his own experience. Um. So my second story is shorter and involved me and my ex-boyfriend. Keep in mind that I'm a fairly small trans guy, and I was even smaller then due to suffering from an eating disorder. So there was no chance of me defending myself without a weapon. So my ex and I came home one night pretty late and he took a moment to get out of the car. My neighbor was a really troubled lady who had just been released from prison and was staying with her mother. She had a lot of very shady friends relatively often. While I was waiting for my boyfriend to get out of the car, a friend of my neighbor started to walk over to me. There was nothing past my house for a little ways and nowhere for him to be going. He immediately set off alarm bells due to the way he was staring at me and walking kind of fast toward me. He obviously didn't know my ex was in the car. Before he reached me, my ex, who is a tall, broad guy, got out of the car, stepped in front of me, looked at the guy, and said, "'What's up, man?' The way he said it was calm, but definitely a challenge. The guy immediately shrank back, lowering his shoulders and putting his hands out, saying, "'Nothing, nothing, sorry.' He was considerably smaller than my ex, who is a teddy bear, but can certainly appear intimidating if necessary. The man then proceeded to give us a wide berth as he continued walking down the street. We went inside and watched him out the window. He only went a few hundred feet before turning around and going back to my neighbor's house. I was a lot more cautious after that and more aware of my surroundings. I am incredibly grateful that my ex was there and I shudder to think what might have happened if he hadn't been. There was nothing for the man to be doing in the dark past my house at night, and I know from the way he was leering at me, he wasn't exactly walking over to ask for a cup of sugar or exchange a neighborly hello. I never had any trouble with my neighbor or her friends after that, and I moved shortly after. Damn, Caleb.
1: Dude, <laughs> that is so creepy. Seems like two of these stories, like the big partner comes in to save the day.
0: Yeah, and thank goodness for those big partners because oh God. it is scary being smaller out here, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that he immediately shrank away and then like went, went back to the home. He walked a
0: few hundred feet and then turned around. He was like, okay, I'm going to try to make it look like I'm just going on a walk. There's
1: nowhere to go. There was nowhere to go. Yeah.
0: He was clearly coming over to do some really terrible shit. So that's really scary.
1: I just, I just wish you could, if it's that obvious that they're trying to do something harmful, you could just get one, you get one shot like one hit yeah you get one hit
0: yeah that seems fair in my book but also
1: like i don't don't want to be doing this shit i don't
0: want to start anything yeah i know anyway shall we move
1: on to the next glad you're all right hell yeah and your mom we actively love that for you
0: we actively love that you are okay and your mom is okay and also has a sense of humor about her tragedy (laughs) the fact that she's like i hope i don't set off the the metal detectors at the airport
1: from that's the so shrapnel funny. that's
0: stuck in my my yeah, hip yeah i
1: can't imagine explaining that to tsa
0: yeah i'm sure that i'm sure she has some kind of like identification card or something like my my mama my grandmother has like a a thing for the airport to say like hey i have a metal hip
1: right you yeah. know
0: so i feel like there has to be some kind of explanation true anyways on to the next this subject line really caught my eye because it was titled my dog shot my sister
1: (laughs) so my dog shot my sister from kristen trigger warning it's a gunshot story in
0: case the title wasn't clear enough this includes
1: a gun (laughs) sure hey and alex my name is kristen and i've been a big fan of your podcast basically since the beginning shout out (laughs) it recently helped me pass time on a 14-hour road trip Myself and my boyfriend were listening to a listener's episode, and he mentioned that I should send in my sister's story. Anyhow, I'd like to preface this with the fact that everyone in the story is completely safe and living a happy life, including our family dog. As you guys know, you'll never know how you'll react in an emergency situation, and I really want to emphasize that before I begin. So, to the story. My family has always lived in rural Minnesota. Rural? Rural. I rural. cannot do this word. You
0: can't say rural? I
1: cannot say rural. <laughs> rural. Rural. Rural.
0: That's how you said it. <laughs> like a southern drawl. Yeah.
1: Rural.
0: Rural. How are you supposed to say it?
1: Rural. Rural. <laughs> okay. Shut up. Do we get what I mean yet? Yes. Do we
0: get what I mean? Farmland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not city. My family has always lived in rural Minnesota on a farm. That being said, my dad and sister, Callie, 15 at the time, have always enjoyed many forms of hunting. In September of 2016, it was duck hunting season, so of course they were up in Adam very early in the morning. There was a small lake nearby our house that they had decided to check out for hunting. They brought along one of our family dogs, Labrador Retriever named Buck. Hell yeah, Buck. They are great dogs for hunting. They also brought along a small boat, the gun, and their ammunition, which was birdshot. I guess that's what you use for duck hunting. I've never been a hunter.
0: Birdshot. Bird shot, yeah. You know? Very self-explanatory.
1: <laughs> the morning started just fine and all was well. After a few hours of them being out, I had woken up in the morning and was looking for something to eat for breakfast. I had noticed that they were back from hunting, so I went to the door to greet Callie. I opened the door and I had actually laughed a little bit at the sight of her. I had thought she was feeling sick or was just really cold because it's a bit chilly in Minnesota in September. Her lips were purple and she was pale in the face. She didn't say anything, but she went to our dining table to sit down. By this time, our dad had come in and my mom had come into the dining room. My mom immediately asked, what the hell happened? My dad explained the situation. Everyone was in the boat. The gun for hunting was standing up against the side, ready to grab in case something was spotted. This was where things get complicated. Our dog, Buck, had gotten excited about something. I'm not sure if he heard a gun go off in the distance, had seen some duck, or just jumped the gun, pun intended. He had jumped out of the side of the boat, somehow kicked the gun over, which had fallen in Callie's direction, and went off. As I mentioned, it was birdshot, which by Google's definition is a collective term for small spheres or pellets often made of lead. Basically, many BBs had shot out in very close proximity. One had entered and exited Callie's thumb, one had lodged into her thigh, and several other had either gone through or had grazed her knee slash shin area. My dad had brought Callie to his truck and drove to our home close by. This had obviously threw my mom into a panic and we rushed to the emergency room immediately. I was 16 or 17 at the time, so I drove my own car while my parents took their vehicle with Callie in it to the emergency room. As I said in the beginning, we live in rural Minnesota, so it was about 25 minutes to the nearest hospital. Once we were in the emergency room, my sister was taken in and the sheriff's department was called to ensure that it was indeed an accident and there was no foul play. I remember numerous nurses asking Callie, So you said your dad shot you? And each time she replied with, No, it was my dog. Emphasis on the dog. She was her normal self in the hospital, even asking if I thought she would get out of gym class because of her leg. The real questions. The hospital staff had taken x-rays and later had removed multiple BBs from her knee. She thinks about three. She had received stitches in her thigh, her knee, and her thumb. The BB in her thigh was not considered dangerous to leave and would have needed more extensive surgery, but they had ultimately decided that one was safe to leave because she did not want to endure the struggles of a surgery if it wasn't going to be an issue. Kelly had to see a physical therapist for her thigh, which was dismissed after one day because they thought her leg was no reason to worry. The physical therapist had a list of exercises she could easily do at home. She had a bit more trouble healing her thumb, so she had to see a thumb therapist for a while longer. Either way, she had gone through enough physical therapy to help her get better. To this day, Callie loves that dog more than basically anything and has never held a grudge against him. She still has that BB in her thighs, so she is a little afraid of TSA at the airport, but otherwise has no issues from the accident. She still enjoys hunting with my dad alongside Buck. Thank you so much for taking the time to hear your story. Just keep breathing, guys. With love, Kristen.
0: I didn't realize that we had two stories where they were talking about gunshot wounds being a problem at TSA.
1: I know, right? <laughs> Everyone just leaves it in.
0: I guess. Crazy. Yeah, I guess how this is a more common are, issue than we realize.
1: Yeah, how many people are out there with gunshot BBs and shrapnel? In their person? In the vein. Probably not in the vein. Lead that would in be, vein. That'd be bad. That would be bad.
0: Um, But yeah, I just... I think it's so funny that the, I mean, not great, but kind of funny that the dog jumped on the gun and then it shot her sister. Like, it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sure that they keep the safety on now, but. I sure hope so. God, it's just such an innocent thing. You yeah. know, if you're a hunter, shit happens. Yeah.
0: And she was like, oh, he jumped the gun, pun intended. <laughs> I know you were trying to not laugh (laughs) yeah he literally jumped on the gun
1: oh buck oh bucky he's just a rambunctious buck
0: he really is you know and the fact that she was like you think this will get me out of gym class it's very very real
1: I hope it did (laughs) yeah me too although it seems like the PT was like you're fine yeah after one day yeah so
0: wasn't too bad
1: glad she's all right glad the buck's all right yeah we're all good
0: hell yeah all right on to our last story And this one in the subject line said, Not today, bitch. Amen. (laughs) Which we love to see. So this story is from Rochelle. And she said, Hello, just started listening and I thought I'd tell you about the time I learned not to wear headphones while out and about. So when my husband and I were youngins in our early 20s, we lived in a very rough neighborhood. Our complex was surrounded by project housing, the youth jail and a crack motel on the corner. Heroin addicts wandered around like ghosts, stealing your fucking catalytic converters and breaking your car windows for that 12 cents, chilling in your center console. I didn't drive back then, and therefore had to walk my ass to the bus every day for work. So every day, I'd grab my work bag, arm myself with a knife or two, and pop in my headphones, blasting metal, and trek up the hill to my bus. I am a recovering social anxiety awkward panda, and my goal was to never ever have anyone think it was okay to speak to me, and it usually worked quite well. But one day, I'm standing on the busy roadside at my bus stop, and I look down the road to see if my bus is coming, and I see a wild-looking big-bearded homeless man stomping toward me from a ways away down the street, pointing at me and yelling, and I'm like, fuck me in all caps why i look away and try to bury my face in my sidekick yes i thought that thing was cool as shit back in the day thinking if i ignore him he will go away i use my peripherals to keep checking and every time he's closer and he's still pointing right at me and yelling so i put my phone in my pocket and i'm bracing myself for a confrontation of some sort as he gets closer i realize he's actually pointing behind me w t f so i turn around and come eye to eye with two young guys literally creeping up behind me scooby-doo style with their fucking hands up like they're gonna grab me in the parking lot behind them is a piece of shit old white van with no windows running side door open with another guy in the driver's seat ready to punch after they tossed my little ass in there I'm a whole whopping five foot two inches, and back then only about a 110 pounds, so it would have been easy for these two shitbirds to toss me in there. I flicked open my knife and held it at the ready, and those little douche canoes exchanged a look and ran back to the van, and they peeled out of there. At this point, my homeless homie had gotten to me, and he was drunkenly mumbling about the aforementioned van douches, and then just nodded at me and kept on trundling down the road. I learned that day that paying attention and having your senses available is generally your best bet for not getting kidnapped and sold to traffickers. Now I'm fatter, older, and less desirable on the kidnapping scale these days, but the heroin addict related crime in my state has gone wild. So now I have a concealed weapons license, carry a gun every day, and never let any motherfucker sneak up on me. Lessons learned." (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was just talking about how every single one of these stories we tell brings me closer to purchasing a gun.
0: Oh lord, yeah, you know what well, I
1: mean? It's just like I want the option, you know? Sure. I I don't know. I think it would make me feel more safe
0: in situations like s- this, maybe. Yeah,
1: cuz I don't know, we're not huge people. I no? mean especially if somebody gangs up on you. Yeah, I mean, it is.
0: It's a scary world out there. Yeah. I get I think the uh the general moral of most of these stories is just be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. You know, I mean putting on headphones and walking to the bus stop while I totally understand not wanting to someone to talk to you, I do this thing where like I put on my headphones and I leave it off like I I
1: was just about to say yeah
0: I when I'm walking alone and I or I'm traveling alone or you know just whatever and I don't want people to talk to me or whatever I will put on my headphones and leave the sound off that way I can still be aware of my surroundings but it also sends off the message of like do not approach so that's an idea um but yeah I mean it's just it's spooky out there there's some real creepy people doing some real terrible shit And unfortunately, sometimes you have to be at the ready. But shout out to that man who was like warning her.
1: Yeah, who was like drunk as hell too, I guess. But I mean,
0: potentially, but it's just great that he was like trying to get her attention and and like, hey, turn around, you know, because without him, she wouldn't probably have turned around.
1: Yeah, I mean, to see them Scooby Doo style sneaking up on you. And there's a van waiting.
0: Yeah, the door opened that's way worse. No, no, no. And she was small. She said she was 5'2", 110 pounds. Like they could have easily carted her off.
1: Yeah. Well, glad you're safe.
0: Yeah. Glad, 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 glad you are safe, Rochelle. But anyway, thank you guys so much for these stories. We love to hear from you as always. Um, Yeah,
1: these are some interesting ones.
0: Definitely. Got a lot of creepy guys out there, but I guess I did ask for it. And it is just like a very common occurrence, unfortunately. So send them in if you got more. Anyways, what is your good thing?
1: Oh, uh, my good thing is that I'm back to golfing, baby. We got uh, <laughs> 18 holes lined up for this Sunday. Your good thing is always golf. Hey, golf is good. Sure. All right, it's my hobby. Sure. And I haven't been able to do it because I've been stitched up. That's very true. You know, so we're back at it.
0: Okay, good. That is a good thing. I'm, I'm happy for you and your golfing tendencies. Um, my good thing is that we are potentially going to go axe throwing later. Maybe. I mean, we'll see, but that's kind of an exciting new thing that I have not experienced, but... Have you ever gone? No. It's fun. I think it'll be fun. Also, we were talking about these like break rooms where, or I don't, I think they're called break rooms, but you basically go in there with, they They give you like a, a, a jumpsuit and like a shield for your face and like a bat and a sledgehammer, and you can just destroy shit. So that's an exciting idea. I don't know. We're going to do something crazy later.
1: That sounds very fun. Yeah, the it's break a break room. It's
0: a Friday. You can on the day we're recording, so you can
1: pay to destroy a car. Yeah. Didn't what it was like thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah,
0: just a measly twelve hundred dollars to literally destroy a car for an hour. Honestly, if I had the money <laughs> I might. Hey. When fun. we're feeling crazier one day, maybe. Right. Well Probably not. You know. I'd rather just not. go to the break room and break right. a TV
1: or something. I'd rather have like thirteen very nice dinners. Well, Sure. Anyway.
0: Anyways. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you would like to look at all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. If you would like to hear the bonus episode that is coming out very soon, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash nottodaypodcast. If you or anyone you know has a story of survival or crazy thing that happened to them, send it to us at nottodaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is nottodaypodcast and a Twitter that is nottodaypodcast, but the T on the end of podcast
1: is a three. Because that makes sense.
0: And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah.